Welcome to the Good You Can Do podcast, where we share tips and strategies to help you reduce waste, live a healthier life, and protect the planet for future generations. My name is Andrew Duncan, and you can find out more about this project at our website, goodyoucando.com. This episode is called Nine Things I Now Know About the Climate Emergency. At the end of 2019, I left my day job as a real estate consultant to largely spend more time with my two young children, but also to focus and work on the climate emergency, which is the, uh, I guess, the, the career path that I'm most passionate about. And two years into this journey, I'm taking this moment to reflect on what I've learned and discovered so far. Firstly, we need to use the right words to talk about the issue. We are in a full-blown climate emergency. The terms climate change and global warming simply don't do it justice. I've got a quote here from Michael Mann's new book, The New Climate War, which I think does a good job of summing up the gravity of the situation. And I quote, We are the custodians of an amazing gift. We have a Goldilocks planet with just the right atmospheric composition, just the right distance from its star, yielding just the right temperature range for life. Every person we will ever know, every animal or plant we will ever encounter is reliant on on conditions remaining just this way. To continue to knowingly alter those conditions in a manner that threatens humanity and other life forms is not just unacceptable or unethical, it would be the most immoral act in the history of human civilization. Not just a crime against humanity, but a crime against our planet. We cannot be passive bystanders as polluters work toward making that eventuality come to pass. End quote. Next up, I've learned that every kilogram of CO2 matters. One of the biggest aha moments on my journey occurred when it dawned on me that climate change is not binary in nature. It's not a single outcome that happens or doesn't happen. It's not a switch that turns on and off. Rather, Climate change is a continuum. Literally every kilogram of carbon emitted into the atmosphere makes our planet warmer. Therefore, every positive action that reduces emissions makes a difference. Think about that for a sec. It can always get warmer, and we can always make a positive difference. No matter how how bad it gets, our actions will reduce the overall effect, however small we, we think that effect might be. Awareness of this should make you feel empowered. I I know it does for me. Climate change is happening. The world is burning up. It is simply a matter of how bad we let it burn. Next up, I've learned that lots of people are trying to help, which is so cool. I'm blown away by the revolution that is underway in the world to take action on climate. There are scores of incredibly smart, passionate people working in this space. Journalists, scientists, entrepreneurs, investors, poets, thought leaders, podcasters, DJs, politicians, the list goes on. Still, at this stage, it is a drop in the ocean compared to the inertia caused by big business brainwashing, tribalism, nationalism, and human reluctance to simply change the status quo. We need more people on the climate action bus urgently. It needs to be cool to care. There is a natural tipping point that occurs once a certain number of us decide to prioritise the climate crisis. 
We aren't there yet, but a revolution is building. The question is, are you coming along for the ride? Change to our way of life is simply inevitable. It's already happening as we speak. So don't be afraid of it. Let's embrace it. I've learned that the climate crisis is scary as hell. I have fallen into many moments of despair when I think about the absolute hospital pass we are throwing our children and our grandchildren. It's equivalent to owning the best house in the galaxy and trashing it to bits. Loading our planet up with pollution uh, that we have no chance of taking back. When hundreds of millions of people, some say 1 billion plus, are living in countries that are so hot they are barely inhabitable, where do we think they're going to go? Do we think they will just lie down and die? I certainly know I wouldn't. I'd be building a boat and I'd be coming for your sweet wild climate and your safe drinking water. And this effect is is very likely to happen in our lifetimes. We're not talking 100 years away. This is happening now as we speak and is only getting worse. And I don't say all this to alarm you, but instead to help illustrate that the climate emergency is about so much more than rising sea levels uh, and occasional intense weather events uh, and what that might do to your home insurance premiums. It's a really big deal and I think the ongoing long-term effects of of this crisis are not adequately portrayed in our media. I've also learned that there are some evil men in this world. The fossil fuel magnates uh, of the planet like Charles Koch are operating in a manner equivalent to the tobacco companies of the 20th century. Knowing what's going on, understanding the problem, but denying that it's a problem. Mr. Koch and organizations like ExxonMobil and BP spend millions of dollars every year trying to convince you and I that climate change is either our fault, turns out BP invented the term carbon footprint, would you believe? Or even more insidiously, that climate change is inevitable and that there is nothing we can do to stop it. But I assure you, there absolutely is. The climate emergency is incredibly confusing. Now, I'm personally passionate about plant-rich diets being a powerful solution to curb emissions. Some studies say that you can reduce your greenhouse gas emissions resulting from your diet by 50% by simply removing meat, particularly red meat. But depending on which source you use and how they do the math, animal agriculture could be responsible for anywhere from just 6% of global emissions right up to 87%. The interpretation somewhat depends on how you measure the impact of deforestation. That's clearing forests to create pasture for cows and what effect that has, uh, and whether you factor that in at all. And also the effect of methane, which is a greenhouse gas emitted by cows that is anywhere from 20 to 80 times as powerful as carbon dioxide, depending on what time scale you are using. Methane doesn't last as long in the atmosphere, but has a far more powerful heating effect. So it's a short-term, really intense, really powerful greenhouse gas. So if we measure the heating potential of methane over 10 to 20 years, then that methane and the cows that produce it are a massive problem. But if you spread the impact over 100 years, then it turns out it's just a small piece of the emissions pie. So with discrepancies like this, 
It's no wonder that most of my friends' eyes glaze over when I start talking about the climate crisis. If the people in on this problem and, and you know, super passionate about it can't even agree on the statistics behind it. Personally, I consider it reasonable to base decisions on the short-term impact of increased methane levels. 10 to 20 years of more extreme weather events, somewhat driven by our obsession with eating and drinking animal products, is surely something to be avoided if possible. We are conditioned to believe that eating meat is normal, natural and necessary. But is it really? I also want to talk about the link between the climate crisis and mental health. When I write about climate, I focus on personal actions we can all take that have a positive impact. I do that because I want to be a voice of hope. I want to empower people and show them that what we do as individuals matters. There's enough people scaremongering and talking about how bad uh, how bad it's all going with no actual emphasis on what we can do about the problem. But behind my positive exterior lies occasional moments of despair, depression, and exasperation. If you don't see a new episode on the podcast for a few weeks, it's usually because I have fallen into a state of deep concern over the complete ambivalence that so many people show towards the state of our planet. But then I remember that the vast majority of humans are awesome. I love people. And isn't the point in human life to survive and love one another? I want to share with you a quote from Dr. Silas Rao, uh, which is simply, Compassion is infinitely sustainable. And that's a real guiding kind of North Star for me. I, I think of that quote often and, and let it be a framework to make decisions by and to, uh, to guide my, my view on the planet. So what also helps lift me out of those tougher mental moments is taking action. Big or small, it doesn't matter. Just take a step in the right direction and you'll find that there's a lot of confidence and uh, feeling of self-worth to be gained from that. For more ideas on that on that front and how it can help you, check out my podcast with changemaker Leo Murray from Why Waste. Uh, Leo is an exceptional individual and is inspiring to listen to. And his message is all about how whatever you're doing to take part and being part of the solution is important, whether that's just simply recycling regularly or whether it's composting your organic waste, whether it's riding the bus to work. What matters is not so much the effectiveness of each solution. What matters is that you're taking action and one step leads to another as you move along this uh, green matrix towards living a more planet-friendly life. Last but not least, you absolutely can make a difference. And I encourage you to internalize that. One of the most insidious uh, aspects of climate change is that we see it as such a big problem that we think we can't do anything to help. Right now, we have a serious choice. We can keep being ambivalent about the problem and pass our children an absolute bucket full of you-know-what when we leave this earth. Or we can make changes now so that no matter what happens, we can look them in the eye on our deathbed knowing we took action, that we did what we could to help that we weren't too busy to do something about it. While it's natural to feel like your individual actions might not matter, it's important to remember 
that change as a society would make a difference. But change as a society is simply the collective change of a whole lot of individuals. So for that change as a society to happen, we all must individually change. The most effective actions you can take are to get educated. Start by watching Breaking Boundaries on Netflix or Before the Flood on YouTube or Cowspiracy on Netflix is another good option as well. Embrace lifestyle changes like eating a little bit less meat or flying a little bit less, doing a few more Zoom calls instead of one-on-one coffee meetings, driving a little bit less, taking the bus to work. You can also take really simple actions like voting for local and national politicians who prioritise the climate emergency. And if you've got some spare change, donate to effective evidence-based charities that are fighting for a cooler future. Consider the Carbon Critical Net Zero Fund, which is uh, which was set up by Jamie Heather, my colleague. It's a really cool fund where basically you can donate and this fund will send that money to the most effective evidence-based climate change charities in New Zealand and overseas. Not only that, your donation is tax deductible in New Zealand and 100% of the money donated goes to the charities in question. Uh, All the fees uh, and any associated costs are covered by uh, Jamie and I through our organisation Carbon Critical. If you're ready to go further, And if you're looking to devote some or all of your working time to the climate crisis, check out Project Drawdown for ideas on where to focus your efforts to have the biggest impact. Project Drawdown conduct an ongoing review and analysis and ranking of various climate solutions. It's a great place to learn about the societal changes that will help us reach net zero as quickly as possible. Thanks to their findings, it's really enlightening to see that some of the best solutions are not the most obvious. As an example, I'd encourage you to check out their health and education section, which I'll link to in the show notes. And if you're wanting to optimize your career to do as much good as you can do, consider spending some time on the 80,000 hours website. This comes from the effective altruism movement, but it's a incredible site full of resources, which can help you make an educated decision around where you can focus your career efforts to do the most good while still providing you with a fulfilling uh, working environment that's all from me today if you've got feedback or thoughts i'd love to hear from you you can get in touch via our website is probably the easiest way good you can do.com really appreciate you listening and uh, stay tuned for more info like this coming to you in the weeks ahead 